Okay, everybody, Stephen Key here, and today I've got a very, very special guest, Rob Angel. Rob, where are you from, first of all? Seattle, Washington. Okay, wonderful. And yeah. everyone that's watching, this, is, this kind of brings me back. It brings me back to when I first started as a toy inventor, and I wanted to be creative because there was a, this huge hit that <laughs> happened in the mid-'80s. And it's a, it's, a, it's a game that's still being played today. It's called Pictionary, and today we have the inventor of Pictionary. Rob, thank you very much for coming on InventRight TV. I appreciate it, Stephen. Thank you. Now, let's, let's go back a little bit. Now, I know a lot of people, I, I, I've, I've, I know your history, because at the time you come up with this idea, you're a waiter, right? And you're kind yep. of killing time. And how does that all work? <laughs> That's about it. Waiting tables. I was 23 years old, just graduated from college. And I moved in with some buddies. And we started playing this charades on paper, as we called it. We were literally sketching words out of the dictionary. And at 23, I'm thinking, this is fun. Maybe I can make a business out of this. Because the next night and the next night, we just kept playing. And it just became part of my consciousness. It took a couple of years for me to get my act together to, to give it a try, though. You know, nothing happens immediately. Well, it takes tough and it takes time. But we're, I want to talk a little bit about that struggle because every entrepreneur, every inventor, it's not easy, is it? it no. A, no, there's no plan. There's no way, way to know what's happening, right? It's that unknown factor. I mean, I was a waiter. I didn't know how to make a game. And did, so here I am trying to figure it out. Did you have a... Um, was there a mentor? Did you have anybody that you could ask or were you just kind of floating by yourself trying to figure that out? <laughs> In the beginning, it was just me. I was using my instincts, my, my guts and what my heart told me to do. That included finding the right partners. That included producing the first thousand games together by hand uh, in my apartment. But eventually we ran into some gentleman who, uh, Keith Corner was his name, who was our mentor and it really, really helped propel us quicker and faster to where we wanted to be. Okay. So Pictionary, how'd you come up with the name? Great name, I mean. <laughs> well, uh, I'd love to take the credit. It was one of my roommates and it was an obvious fit, pictures and dictionary because we were sketching words out of the dictionary. Okay. And it goes, one night, hey, we'll call it Pictionary. All right. It's perfect. Um, did it change your life given how many you sold? Because you sold, I saw somewhere I mean, it's in the tens of millions, right? So did it change your life? Of course. Yeah, I mean, we uh, launched June of 85 out of my apartment and sold it 17 years later to Mattel. We sold 38 million games around the world, 60 countries. I mean, out of my apartment is how this all started. All right. uh, but yeah, it changed my life in unknown ways, not just you know, the money, but people telling me their Pictionary stories and the excitement people had. And, you know, it's touched it's touched millions and millions of lives. And that's, that's really gratifying. Yeah. Really. What are, so let's talk about, you've got something new coming out, don't you? I do. I just launched my book <laughs> called Game Changer, Rob Angel. Uh, yeah, it's a story of how it came to be, how I invented it, okay. the trials and tribulations and all the, the obstacles, business, and as I always say, personal, uh, that I overcame to make it a worldwide bestseller. Wasn't easy. Wonderful name. How'd you, who came up with that? Who's doing all the names for you? Who's doing that name there? That was a great name for the book. <laughs> that, was one, that was one of those just kind of throwing out names, and then it got thrown out, and it was instant. I mean, that was the name of the game, okay. the book. It was no question. 
You know what's wonderful? I, um, you just got on my radar, and I'm sure glad you did, because I love books. I love books that tell a story. I love biographies because um, they give me a glimpse on kind of the path, and it inspires me. Is your book inspiring? Yeah. Uh, even if I didn't write it, because it basically tells I was a waiter. I wasn't a businessman. I didn't know what I was doing. I used my, you know, my guts and my instincts the whole way. Uh, and so it's just a story of if I can do it, anybody can do it. And the okay. book gives you a bit of a roadmap on how I did it okay. and and the stuff that I overcame. Uh, and it's a good read. Good. It's a really good. Um, I came up with a book years ago called One Simple Idea. And it was the same thing, Rob. It was kind of a it told a story of my journey. So uh, I think you're, the audience is going to absolutely love it. I don't have it yet, but I'm going to grab that sucker and I'm going to read it. Hey, um, I want to talk a little bit about um, you're up in Seattle now. So what are you doing besides writing books? Are you talking? Are you going to lecturing circuit? What's because it's kind of weird right now with the coronavirus. So what's on your what's on your schedule this year? Well, I'm not even sure anymore. It's that unknown factor. I'd love to tell you. I mean, I came out with a book at the worst possible time. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I was, you know, a week before the virus, coronavirus, I was going to do this big tour and, you know, typical book launch stuff. But I've just had to adapt. Um, so I'm doing a lot of virtual stuff. Same thing with the speaking. I mean, I love telling my story. It, it, it's more I can share it, the more people hopefully I can inspire. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a speaking tour via Zoom for a little while. Okay. But, well, uh, yeah, it's fun. Know, every entrepreneur has to overcome obstacles. And this is just a little bump in the road for the book. So um, that's how I look at it exactly. It's like my whole life has been about being open and pivoting. Okay. So I just go through life, you know, bumping into adventures, saying yes to everything. If I don't like it, I can turn around and go a different direction. But I'm open all the time, and I just have to be open now again. How do you keep your your motivation going when things got tough at the very beginning? Yeah, I mean, that was that that's tough because we all start with passion. I was passionate about pictures, passionate about my partners. I was you know passionate, but I used to do demonstrations. If you go to Nordstrom's, there's this big long escalator. And I would stand at the bottom of that escalator for 16 hours a day trying to get people to play Pictionary. Seriously, I'd sell three games in 16 hours. I was ecstatic. Okay. I mean, it was fabulous. But it went, had to go past that. So it turned into, as I call it, love. I loved my product. I loved my partners. I loved our vision. And that's what got me up in the morning. And believe me, there was plenty of mornings where I was like, mm, I just try to stay here. But... I got up every day. Okay, so if you don't really love your product idea, if you don't really are passionate about it, should you do something else or find another idea that you are? Because it takes it takes a lot, doesn't it? I mean, you have to kind of fall back because how many people told you you were crazy or stopped doing that? Anybody tell you that? They're still telling me that. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, of course they do, but I didn't listen. That was one of my superpowers is not listening to the naysayers. And, you know, they tell you you have to have passion about what you're doing. But sometimes the passion builds. Sometimes you will find your passion by doing something that was just fun or find something that was interesting or finding someone that was interesting. And it's really not passion to begin with. But all of a sudden, maybe this passion will start to build and then you should go forward. Uh, but you can you can go forward 
until that happens. And if it never happens, then yeah, I would suggest turning around. When you saw someone first play it and you saw that reaction, were you sold? Did you know you had a hit? Did oh, yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. It was one of those weird moments because I played with my roommates and we might have had a few beers when we were playing. So this was a blast. So the first time I played a, pro a prototype game, it was terrifying. I mean, what if they didn't like it as much as I do? Maybe I've goofed. But once I did, within like five minutes, I forgot I was doing a play test. I just started having fun. So about an hour later, I go, oh, wait, I was supposed to be paying attention. But I had so much fun, it was like, okay, this, this is gonna work. When it started going out and you started selling so many, yeah. was it like, oh, it worked? Or what was it like seeing the response from people? I mean, there had to be a love outpouring of love that they loved this game, right? So how did, was it, was it, was there just one time where you just was like, open the bottle of champagne or did you celebrate <laughs> along the journey? I mean, how did you finally just go, I did it? You know, I, I, I tell the story. It was about two years in, we had licensed in France. So I'm, I go to my first trip to France and I've got this international game, but I still don't know what that means. Got a little tired during the meeting, a little jet lag. I walked for a little time and in the window, of this store in downtown Paris was a Pictionary box in French. Now, have you ever had that vision where it's just this overwhelming vision of something you've seen that you have done? That was me. I mean, I could point, it was right here in the window, and I'm looking around like, my on candid camera? Because this was otherworldly to me. And I, I still get emotional, I, I told the story, but, but it was that moment where I go, holy man, I made it. Pictionary is going to make it, and uh, we've got something. And that's, took world, that's a worldwide hit. That's pretty impressive. Um, one last question. Working with these big companies, was that easy to do, and how did you handle the negotiation? Was it you, or did you have somebody else to help you? Uh, no, we, we handled them ourselves. The finer points, yeah, we've got lawyers, but, but we knew it was best for our product. We knew it was best for us, okay. and it was a big, big deal when we had to license the product. So within 14 months, Pictionary was successful as heck in Seattle. So we had to license, meaning somebody else, a big company would do manufacturing, distribution, marketing, and sales, and they'd pay us royalty. They'd just pay us money for that. And here I am, I'm 26 years old. I'm making $500 a month. I'm driving a 10-year-old car, and I'm waiting tables. Milton Bradley, the biggest game company in the world, comes to us with a licensing deal, right? They're the biggest company in the world. But they also came to us with a package they wanted to redo Pictionary in a different style. Oh. Right, exactly. So we're looking at this and looking at the contract and they gave us the biggest royalty they'd ever given anybody and all our guarantees except they wouldn't set, put, touch the packaging without our written approval. Hmm. All you have to do at 26 years old is sign this piece of paper didn't do it. Wouldn't do it. No plan B, nothing. Simon Senate calls it my just cause. I was willing to go back to waiting tables than sign a deal that wasn't right for Pictionary, wasn't right for me, and wasn't right for a partner. I mean, there's tons of opportunities to, to go for the quick buck. There's so opportunities. You were willing to walk. I was so willing to walk. I want to talk about that for just a minute because. Sure. That takes a lot of courage to do that. Um, why were you so 
convinced that that wasn't right that for you was it was your experience that yeah. you knew what worked and they were going in a different direction how did you know it wasn't right that was one of those instinctual decisions i knew that first of all if we couldn't trust them in this contract how are we going to trust them to take our product forward our financial futures were tied up in their efforts okay right and if they didn't respect Pictionary and they didn't respect us and they didn't respect our vision like we did, we couldn't trust them. It was the right decision. Yeah, of course, there was a day where we're going, what have we done? Because we had no plan B. Okay. But I was willing to go back to waiting tables. And the decision was based on vision and Pictionary. It wasn't ego. It wasn't money. It was nothing other than here's our vision for the game. Okay. If you're going to work with us ever you have to uh, live, uh, live with our vision. Hey, Rob, thank you very much. I think, hey, anybody that's watching this, buy the book. This is going to be a great story. You're going to love it. That's a cliffhanger right there. Cliffhanger. What happens next? Rob, thank you very much. And I look forward. We're going to put your book up on the screen. We're going to put a link down below where everybody can get it. Um, thank you for it's, writing it. It's just a fun story. It's, I mean, it comes down to it's a fun story. If you want to know how Pictionary got created, invented, sold, and if you're an entrepreneur, you'll figure a lot of good stuff in there, too. It's it's just fun. Well, thank you for writing it. I think um, I'm going to go out and get it. And um, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was fun.